tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And Mark, when you sent this story yesterday, okay, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I read the headline. It says, woman returns home to find her cat plastered into bathroom wall. Mm-hmm. I thought, who is the person that can do that? Because I got I have worked in the bathroom. <laughs> needs to be done. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. I got a cat. It's like, <laughs> you I deal with Milo and Otis every morning. You got a cat. You got a bathroom wall needs fixing. Yeah. Somebody step up, hey, please. <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> well, a woman was in for a shock when she came home to find her builder had uh, sealed her cat up in a bathroom wall. Ashlyn Haddon, who'd been away on a business trip, was left wondering where the muffled meows were coming from, only to discover <laughs> that wow. they were coming from behind the wall. It turns out that uh, stripes had been stuck for three days. <laughs> he had been stuck for wow. for three days uh, with Ashlyn, an insurance agency owner, uh, taking to TikTok to share her unusual ordeals. She says, so I hired somebody to redo the bathroom. They pulled out the, the bathtub and put in a new shower. Uh, thing i love the way she puts it she put in a new shower yeah. thing as she as she pointed to the gap between the wall and her new bathtub she adds and as i'm sitting here trying to figure out where my cat is i can hear the cat crying from somewhere in here <laughs> she's pointing to the place where the wall is sealed up she also shared some cctv footage of her looking confused while trying to track down where stripes meows were coming from Ashlyn managed to track down the sound, but ended up punching a hole in the wall before being reunited with her beloved pet, who she uh, she assured her followers was doing fine. She says, the stupid contractor drywalled my cat into the drywall underneath the new bathtub. When the contractor went downstairs to get paint, he left the door open. He left the hole uncovered in the wall. And obviously the cat did what cats are going to do and was curious. I guess that's why they say curiosity killed the cat no it didn't he survived he terrorized everybody else another day that's, that's right. what happened <laughs> wow the cat's name was stripes hmm. she's in the bathroom she hears this muffled sound that's the fact Jack. <laughs> oh mark <laughs> oh man mark live radio.fm the mark and mac show and you know, we had a cat story a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. And it, you can't do a cat story without having a dog story. At least in <laughs> yeah. our world, you can't. And actually, yeah. you do one cat story, you have to do a dog story, a toddler story, and another dog story before you can do another cat story. Just saying. So, <laughs> I think here so. we go. Yeah. Well, vets were left stunned after discovering a sick dog had a pair of socks stuck in his throat. <laughs> <laughs> why do they like socks? Why do they like stinky things? That's I what I want to know. I just don't know. Owner Jessica Dewhurst from Lancaster. Um, I think this was in Pennsylvania. Anyway, she, she feared the worst when her 13-year-old border collie, Jip, mysteriously started to choke late at night in their family home. She immediately took the beloved pet to the local animal uh, surgery where the vets uh, had just minutes to save the poor pup who was struggling to, pre- to breathe and almost unresponsive. Vet Lauren Jolly and nurse Leanne Boyd then sedated Jip and took x-rays, expecting to find tumors in uh, on his chest because of his his advanced age. 
Speaking about the horrific incident, Lauren said, we were very surprised to see the socks. He's 13 years old. Chewing is not your typical behavior at that age. If he'd, if he'd, if he'd gotten to the vet any later, he would have been dead. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> what happened to the socks? I know. I, I want to know. I was going to go there, but <laughs> do you want the socks back or not? <laughs> well, they're already full. <laughs> you know? oh, no. Life FM, Mark and Mac show. And, you know, in just the first 40 minutes of the show today, we've had a cat in a wall, a yep. dog with a sock. Yep. And I'm just going to tell you, if you have pets, okay, and you leave things on the floor that are, you know, tantalizing to them yeah you can train some some animals grow out of it others don't right and yeah. we've had both mm-hmm. we've had dogs you know that you know little chihuahuas especially you know because when you deal with rescue dogs you don't know what they've been through right you, yeah you just kind of True. kind of assume the worst and you try to love them and some really respond to it others they will let you pet them and they'll growl the whole time their tails wagging you mm-hmm. know yeah. and that just messes with you yeah. but the one thing that you know, it, it always gets me that you can, uh, you know, when they're puppies, they're going to chew everything, right? They're going to chew the China cabinet, you know, yes, they are. And yep. they, they do grow out of that at some point. You hope they do, <laughs> but hopefully, <laughs> you know, I always tell, I told the kids when they were younger, cause they'd get toys, you know, chewed up or whatever. And I told them all, look, man, you know, we have dogs. The reason we have this puppy is because you wanted it. Now I don't mind buying the food and picking <laughs> yeah. up the, you know, but. If you leave a toy on the ground mm-hmm. and the dog chews it up, it's not on him. No. He's not smart enough to figure out this is my toy and that's his toy. Right. He just sees <laughs> great toy. You know, that's yep. something to chew. Yep. Anyway, so just throwing it out there, yeah. whether it's a sock or whatever. And, you know, I don't know why they do stinky stuff, but yeah. whenever I like, see somebody kissing their dog oh, in the face, oh, you know, no. yeah. or letting them lick their face, I'm going, you know. Now, the one thing about Hank, Mark, he can't do that. He cannot... Yeah, because of the way he's made. Yeah. Bulldogs, the English Bulldogs, they can't, you know, okay, lick yeah, themselves right, and yeah. things like that. Yeah. They can't. And so <laughs> it's okay because, you know, but I will tell you, they are not as fascinated with stinky stuff hmm, as other dogs are. Huh. Yes. And, I mean, it it just makes them cleaner and better. Yeah. And, you know, of course, that's only because I don't follow him around 24 hours a day. I'm sure he's got a corner somewhere in the house that is all the stinky stuff that I can't find, you know? It but could be, yeah. He's just different than the other ones, man. Yeah. And, I mean, the reason I'm saying is because you got Cooper, and Cooper's, yeah. a, you know, you got him as a pup. He's mm-hmm. a little weenie dog, right? Yep. Is he an all weenie? Is he all, like, yeah, 100% he's, he's weenie? He's 100%, yeah. He's a, Did he come with a long bun, you know? <laughs> no, he just came with a, long, know, a long piece of paperwork. Mark? <laughs> I just had an idea. Uh-oh. We need to start a pet company where we make pillows for specific dogs. Like, we make a, a bun-like pillow, a hot dog bun, as a pillow for weenie dogs. Oh, my gosh. That. I would buy that. Yeah. But I know now, you would. But now we're back to square one. You know what he's going to do with it? He's going to chew it up. Bo, you know, Hannah's dog, Bo, who's just an incredible dog. Bo, if you hand her a, a toy with a squeaker in it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just a matter of minutes before yes. she, it doesn't matter. You know what? 
I could hide that squeaker in a DeLorean and she'd find a way to chew yes. through that steel, yeah. you know, to that stainless steel. Just to get the squeaker out. Yep. Yep. I have and, I and tear how, it up. I don't know how many of those I've found in the floor, just as chewed up remains of the squeaker. And and then <laughs> and then the fluff from inside the stuffed animal and that had the squeaker in yeah. it. It's everywhere and there's that little squeaker on the toy on the floor and the dog is now yep. like, What else you got? You know? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Dude, we had a beanbag. We had a beanbag that leaked those little things oh. and, and everybody kept saying, and I was like, let's get rid of it, get a new one. They're like, no, because this can be fixed. And is, and we really like it. Blah, blah, blah. I kept hearing every time I was like, please throw it out. I'm tired of seeing these little white <laughs> things on the floor. Yeah. And they kept, no, I'm going to fix it. And they tape it or do this. It lasts for a week. And all of right. a sudden I'm seeing, and I know it's just one of these little things that really grinds my gears. Yep. It's like, there's just no point. You can't fix one. Yeah. This is one of those things. When it gets bad, you don't fix it. You throw it out and get a new one. Right. But I couldn't convince them to do it. So I took a squeaker and put it inside that thing and squeaked it for Bo. <laughs> yeah. It was a mess cleaning up, but it was the last mess I cleaned up like that. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark... It just hit me a minute ago that we had the, you know, we started the show today with a cat that was actually uh, uh, stuck in a wall. Yeah, okay, plastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the, uh, uh, what do you call the drywall? You know, yeah, the drywall. They, yeah. yeah, okay. Sorry, I was thinking about wet wall. And the lady at the wall store told me you can't use wet wall <laughs> because even if you dry it out, wet wall becomes damp wall and just as bad, you yeah, know. And, and it stinks, so. <clears throat> yes. Anyway. Now we've got this toddler left behind in a locked rental car yeah. at a Florida airport. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm saying that there's a lot wrong when somebody can be so fast with their work that they would be able to, you know, plaster in a cat right. without knowing yeah. it. And yeah. I'm going to assume the guy didn't know it. But you got a rented car and a toddler. Le- mm-hmm. and I, if you leave your toddler behind in your car you're going to jail it's a bad day yeah but now you're talking about leaving your child behind in a locked rental car yep well uh dude yeah (laughs) well this toddler got left behind accidentally in a locked rental car when it was returned by her granddad her grandfather uh he took the rental car back to a central florida airport and uh she wasn't discovered by Uh. an employee until 45 minutes later authorities said um 45 minutes yeah I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it could be a lot, lot worse, and we've heard much, much worse stories, okay? But still, yeah. the girl, she's under two years old, was found in the car in the return lot by a Hertz employee at Daytona Beach International Airport Monday evening. The child was scared mm-hmm. and hot, uh, the sheriff's office says in a statement, but thankfully in good health when checked by paramedics. Deputies arrived to find the employee carrying the child, whose face was warm and streaked with dried tears, but was breathing normally. Not long after the girl was discovered, her mother called to say that her father had left her daughter accidentally in the rental car while babysitting her and that she was on her way to be reunited with her daughter. The Mm -hmm. uh, grandfather was charged with one count of child neglect. Uh, He was remorseful and cooperated with the deputies, the sheriff's office says. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, this is a, a happy ending. Okay. Yes. But everything else leading up to it is bad. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I, don't I don't know what distracts you. I, we don't have ages yeah. here. We don't have, you know, yeah. there's a lot of information we don't. We just know that grandpa got home and mom mm-hmm. says, hey, uh, where's so-and-so? And he looks at her and... Light bulb. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Mark. 
Oh my. I you know, the child left in a car thing. Um, it tends to go in streaks where we get a lot of those. Mm -hmm. And um and all I'm gonna say is I I I don't jump to that I can't believe so and so did it, okay? I really can't because mm, yeah. it, it, the times where it's been um Okay, there was one I remember that happened at Fort McClellan several years ago with a uh, a woman who left her child, and it, it, she had three kids, and her schedule got weird that morning, and my heart breaks for her even now. Yeah, yeah. But still, you know, we're charged with when we have children. Um, it's, it's not just a responsibility, you know, it's everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I would like to say it would never happen to me kind of thing, uh, but knowing how we get distracted and, and we are not oh, as yeah. focused on things as we should be. I could see it happening to me. Yeah. And, uh, but it hasn't, you know, so when I say that, I think I'm being generous because I've had a lot of kids in my life and that hasn't happened to me. Right. So yeah. I'm not being judgmental. It's just, it breaks my heart because mm -hmm. I want to be really harsh, but I'm just, you yeah. know, I know the fallibility of people. We all make yeah. mistakes, but yeah, but it's still, still, it's hard to imagine, you know, when yeah. you, when how you, do you you would freak out when your kid gets locked in the car and you can't get into the car right. to get your child out. I mean, yeah. How can you, it's hard to imagine somebody forgetting the child in the car. It right. Just, you know, I didn't tell you, you know, you just told me something that brought up Braylon sitting in the backseat or learning how to use the lock, uh, automatic lock button <laughs> yes. and, and staying in the car and terrorizing me with yes. it, just locking it and, and, yes. and wouldn't open up. And I'm like, okay, this is funny, but you're three and I'm getting too old for this. And you know, <laughs> All I could think of is I want to just walk away. Okay. I want right. to walk away. But right. If I walk away yes. and he sits down, I'm in trouble. Yes. You know, I left him in a locked car <laughs> and I lose. So I had, I know it was right. a long time. Now, uh -huh. I don't know. Grandpa time is different than regular right, time. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. But I remember being really frustrated and angry and he was laughing so hard he peed uh, himself. Yeah. <laughs> Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mac show, and boy, oh boy, Mark, I uh, <clears throat> yes. Years ago, you and I, we were we were doing so many different things, um, and being involved with raising money or attention and things like that for different ministries, uh, charities, and things. You want to help, and I don't know why we came up with an idea of doing a skydive. I know we were dealing with yeah. my fear of heights, and yeah. you know your. I don't know what, okay, but I just know that for some reason we decided we were going to jump out of an airplane, right? And uh, thankfully, <laughs> our contract wouldn't allow it. No, no, and, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, oh, really? Come on! And, <laughs> but I watch movies just like everybody else and i see things happen in movies and i wonder okay i wonder if that's even possible uh, i'll give you an example in the movie eraser that came out with uh, arnold schwarzenegger mm -hmm. in the mid 90s yeah um right after true lies um it was a decent film but not yeah. great yeah, yeah. but there's a scene in it when he throws an air uh, a parachute out of a plane because the good guys are now either our bad guys and they're attacking him and he throws the parachute out of the plane and he lets go of the plane at whatever altitude. And he chases down this parachute that's now flying through the air. Yeah. And up until that, you're kind of going, okay, maybe, right. Maybe it could happen. I don't know, <laughs> but it's when he's actually trying to put it on. That's when it all of a sudden looks real hmm. because 
it wasn't easy. You know, yeah. Yeah. he's flying at a high rate of speed and he's trying to put on yeah. this, uh, you know, like a backpack. Right. Right. Yeah. And it shows him trying to get it on and it shows all the movements he's making. And you realize it is, it's not like, you know, it's not easy. It's right, just yeah. you're, you're going through the air. And yeah. uh, anyway, it's, it's getting buffeted it, everywhere and it's hard to, yeah, right. hard to grip. Yeah. And it was really cool when he did that. It was like, it became very real to me because it looked so hard. Whereas in most movies, they would just get it, put it on. No big deal. Going on a, you know, and yet in that one, it really looked like he was doing is well done. Yeah. Still, I, I think anytime I see a movie where somebody jumps out of a perfectly good airplane <laughs> without a parachute. Yep. Um, just, I'm sorry. There's, I, I just don't have that death wish. Right. No. If unless there was a clown I, on the plane, you know, <laughs> holding a gun. I mean, <laughs> then so, I think we have a scenario that works. Yeah. <laughs> I actually could see that. You know, I could see if you have all the clowns with a parachute and mm -hmm. one saying, "I'm not jumping. I'm not jumping," and right. start squeezing his little nose, honky honking, <laughs> and pointing his fake rubber gun. I mean, then I'd probably jump. Yeah. I'd probably take one of them down and grab a wig on the way. Anyway, we, we don't need snakes on a plane. All we need is a clown on the plane. Dave's out. A clown person. <laughs> That's not right. Just grandma dressed like a clown to be fun for the kids. Oh, I'm talking about clown person. Oh, yeah. That obsessed clown person. That's the one. That's the difference it. between somebody who doesn't like meat and a vegan. Okay. Yes. The one that has to tell you, give you their business card with their clown name and the whole nine yards. Oh, uh, that's, I know exactly what you're talking about. How many of those people have we run into? And if that's you, ah. have your meds checked. Well, there's a group of eight skydivers over the age of 80 who jumped out of a plane. I apologize, Mark. I'm sitting over <laughs> the corner. <laughs> These guys are over 80, Dave, and they jumped out yeah, of a plane. Bless their hearts. Yeah. I, I, well, they're, yeah. they're thinking, eh, we don't have long to live. Uh, yeah, it's out. like, why not? <laughs> You know? That's why they're setting all these records. Like, why not, man? I get, what's my choice? I can stay at home and watch 90 Day Fiance, you know, or jump out of a plane. That's right. Jumping. <laughs> well, they jumped over Florida and broke a world record for the largest formation of jumpers in their age group. The Jumpers Over 80 Society. Jumpers Over 80 Society, or Joes, organized the attempt at Skydive to Land as part of a three-day event for the International Skydiving Hall of Fame celebration. Eight Joes members, Jim Colhane, Cliff Davis, Scotty Gallen, Walt Green, Paul Hinnon, and Sky Huminski, uh, Woody McKay, and Ted Williams, Sky, that's your real name, right? And made the jump and arranged themselves into a formation to break the world record, which previously stood at six jumpers. Davis told uh, WKMG-TV, many of us have made significant contributions to the modern sport of skydiving over the years, and we're all proud to represent our sport with a demonstration that illustrates how the skills and expertise of our team is timeless and they're always evolving. Skywide Skydive Deland said photos and video from the event are being submitted to Guinness World Records for official recognition. Mm -hmm. So it's not officially well, recognized yet, so they, yeah. don't get the, uh, they don't get the little sounder for them. Yeah, so we'll see, you know, we'll see. Yeah. But what about the nine guys over 90? You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, the thing is you'll tie them all together. All you gotta do is push the first one. The rest will go. <laughs> Life radio dot FM, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark over the last, uh, several years, there's been a lot of movement towards, uh, uh, using the technical know-how of minimization to be able to create surveillance cameras 
pretty much everywhere. Right. Um, you can have them in your car. You know, you can hide them in the car so you can find out what your kids are doing when mm -hmm. you're not there. Mm -hmm. You can hide them all over around your home. I mean, they're pretty unobtrusive now. The, the ring doorbell camera comes to mind. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think about these things when you realize that there are criminal acts that still take place in homes mm. like they did a hundred years ago, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you have these home invasion stories that pop up. Uh, they, they do tend to go in threes as well. Mm. You know, you'll see one and then you see a couple more and you don't hear of them for a while, but it's a real thing of home invasions and yeah. they take place in just about every community. They just don't get reported because there's so many other things going on. Right. But the bottom line, Here's the headline. Home invasion suspect identified by what he left behind. Mm -hmm. Around 7 Was it a toddler? <laughs> no, it was not a toddler. It wasn't one of those <laughs> light bulb situations. Um, uh, officers with the Burlington, North Carolina Police Department responded to a home on Sellers Mill Road where the homeowner said a man approached him in his driveway. The owner told police he left his car in his driveway and was walking to his door when he was approached by the armed man who tried to force his way inside the home. After a struggle, police said the owner slammed the door on the man. According to the cops, a bullet from the t attempted burglar's weapon grazed the homeowner uh, wow. in the chest during the fight, but he didn't require medical attention. Investigators at the scene found a glove with a severed finger inside believed <laughs> to belong to the suspect. They used that evidence to arrest Vernon Forrest Wilson, 67 years of age. Wilson was charged with first-degree burglary, assault with a deadly weapon, and intent to kill, inflicting serious injury, and possession of a firearm by a pro pro prohibited felon and a partridge wow. in a pear tree. He was Man. transported to the, uh, to the county jail under a $250,000 secured bond. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's, that's different than just your regular bond, so good yes. for them. Yes, it is. Man, all, you know, be all because he left that glove behind with his finger in it. <laughs> you know, now I kind of think of the dog chew toy stories from earlier, you know? <laughs> boy, can you imagine the treat that would be? <laughs> oh, there's a glove. I think, oh, wait a minute. This glove has a treat in it. Ooh. Can you imagine finding that in your living room later? Oh, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> all I'm thinking of, you know, they always tell you that, you know, you just go along with a criminal. Don't ever fight back. Mm -hmm, I'm yeah. like, you know what? At a certain point, if somebody is that desperate, they're willing to pull a gun on you and threaten you out in the front yard, right? Mm, yeah. At, you know, why don't you just make them pull the trigger? Because you can get you inside. Nothing good's going to happen there. Mm, yeah, You've already seen true. them. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, the, if they've studied the criminal handbook, never leave a witness, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. why go into the house where they can kill you in private? Make them do it on the front yard where you, there might mm. be a witness. Yeah, that's true. I, but, again, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I don't know what we have to say that I, I was just kidding. I didn't mean that. Don't do that because yeah. somebody's going to do it and sue <laughs> that's us. But right. that's look, right. Yes. But yes, just spitballing out the top of my head. Uh -huh. I'm talking. No, you're supposed the, the real thing is if you're threatened, <laughs> just do what they tell you to do. I guess this is not no. a show. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on the radio. I don't. <laughs> By the way, did we mention you should probably get a ring doorbell camera? <laughs> yes. In your own private security. Yes. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is looking for a gig. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and we are actually setting a record today <laughs> because in over a quarter century almost i don't even, we've done the show for 22 years um we've never had and I, I to to my memory we've never had 
two crazy cat stories in the same show. Okay. <laughs> There's not so a here rule. We have, it's not a rule or anything. It's just it doesn't happen. <laughs> no, but animal rescuers save kitten with a glass stuck a glass jar stuck mm. over the head. Yep. And I'm thinking, why did it require animal rescuers? You know, if well, you've got because this happens, you see animals on video all the time. Oh with, yeah, you know, on they Facebook. get their head stuck in something. Yeah. yeah, Facebook pops those funny animal videos up all the time, and you see a cat walking around with like a, a Chinese mm-hmm. food container or something stuck on its head. You know, they're always walking backwards. You yeah, notice that, right? Yes, Whenever that's that right. Happens. They're always trying to back out of whatever they're stuck into. Yeah. <laughs> I love but it. it's always in the kitchen or in the living room or something like that. But Animal rescuers in Boston came to the aid of a kitten found wandering the city's streets with a glass bowl or a jar stuck over her head. The Animal Rescue League of Boston said Fall River Animal Control passed along a report of a kitten seen wandering in the Danforth Street area with a a round glass object stuck over its head. And field agents arrived to find the female kitten wandering on a roadway. It looked kind of like a you know those little goldfish bowls? That's what it looks like. It's a round thing. The agents were able to remove the glass object and took the kitten's uh, kitten mm, to the Denim Animal Care and Adoption Center for further treatment. The kitten, who they nicknamed Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> because of the it looked like it was wearing a space helmet, was found to be in good health at the shelter and is being socialized to make her, her more comfortable around humans. <laughs> it's a space kid <sighs> man you know yeah i well it's a kitten first of all so it's got to be something small okay right, yeah i don't know i can't be mean about this it's just <laughs> no no i don't mean about any animals really i mean you know i might not have a particular you know um love for them or whatever but still i mean, you see an animal like that and it's like how did where were they when it happened and why hasn't somebody already taken care of this? That's right. kind of the thought yeah. I would have, you know? Well, they're, but they're, they got the cat at the shelter and they're, they, you notice that they said the cat is being socialized. Yeah. So it's a wild, you know, it's a feral cat. It's a wild cat, right? Who's been Boy, there. Those, no fun. Yeah, yeah. No fun at all. It's either that or the cat is thinking, I finally find this cool space helmet and they take it off of me. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show great to have you with us today we appreciate it lots of animal stories you know dogs and cats living together mass hysteria but mark in this day and age of political correctness and not being able to say anything that might offend somebody Mm -hmm. by the way every not everybody a lot of people growing up in this day and age of social media and hiding behind a keyboard and all that Right. They are so rude, you know, and yes. they say things that are hurtful True. and mean, and mm-hmm. they don't realize that, you know, you're supposed to keep those things. Those are the things we think, but don't say, okay. Mm, yeah. And, but they've, they, they're, they're blurring the lines. It's just crazy mm. because you have to have a very blurred line to talk about a fat bear week. Okay. <laughs> I mean, fat bear that hurts my feelings for the bear i mean yogi and boo boo are doing their best yeah i mean just going after you know, the picnic baskets doing their thing but yeah. we've got we got the fat bear week who yeah. does this man we talked about this a few weeks ago it's just kind of in passing there they this this uh cat my national park and preserve has this thing every year called fat bear week it's when the the bears are basically fat loading for 
for hibernation and they're keeping track of a bunch of bears and whoever gains the most weight is the winner. Well, they've announced that a winner for their annual fat bear week contest. And it turns out that that's, it's this bear's second time to win. And <laughs> this year it is, the bear is 747. How an airplane got in the mix, I don't know. Wow. The contest started wow. on October 5th. Uh, bear uh, fans cast their votes for the winner at fatbearweek.com. The park says Fat wow. Bear Week is a celebration of success and survival. It's a way to celebrate the resilience, adaptability, and strength of Katmai's brown bears and uh, and some publicity, too. Wow. Katmai's Fair Bra yeah. Fat Brown Bear Celebration started as a Fat Bear Tuesday in 2014. It was so popular that it grew into Fat Bear Week the tournament in uh, 2015 bear 747 wow. narrowly beat competitor 901 a first time contender wow all right so fat tuesday okay you're talking yeah. the mardi gras yeah. celebration right, they yeah. made it a fat bear i love it That's i love funny. taking something i'm just really curious as to what they're going to do with us about um the festivus on the uh, december 23rd you know well they'll all be asleep they'll be hibernated right. by then <laughs> i love how they had they don't have names for the bears they've got numbers for the bears yeah i mean i thought that was weight you know i didn't realize that was there. <laughs> the mark and mac show liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show a glorious day in the neighborhood you know mark any day can be really good or it can be really bad it kind of is up to us yeah but i don't get why i wake up in a bad mood some days hmm. you know hmm. I, I just i'll wake up and you know i you and me both we have a but we don't live together okay right, we're yeah. married to women and we live in separate domiciles okay mm -hmm. but I'll get up some mornings and, and for whatever reason, it's just, everything is on my nerves. And I'm like, I just got up. How is, why is this? You know, I don't get it. But, and my family would give me grief on the weekends. Cause mm -hmm. you know, I still get up, but especially when the kids were younger, I would get up earlier, you know, so that I could have time to wake up. And it was really so that I didn't get on to them about something that wasn't a big deal, but for whatever reason in the morning, it is a big deal to me, you know, <laughs> and I did it to protect them from the bad side of me. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I yeah. can't explain it. I just adjusted yeah. to it, you know, slow down. I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. yeah. That's why it's so funny, but you know, no matter where I've worked it's you know, doing mornings is, uh, one of the, I think mornings can be uh, a little rough, okay? Because mm -hmm. it's not normal to get no. up at two forty-five no. in the morning. No. no one else on the planet is on your schedule. Nobody else is. No. I mean, nobody in your family, none of your neighbors, none of your friends. Nobody's on your schedule. Only only the people you work with directly in the yes. mornings are on your schedule, and they're the only ones right. who understand. Which is why, yep. when those of us in the radio business, if we've worked mornings, we we bump into other morning people eventually the conversation turns around to, can you believe so-and-so wouldn't let me sleep? You know? Yep. <laughs> it always like, does. And it'll be, you know, doing mornings is the only time where you look at a time, like you're out doing something and it's uh, 930 mm -hmm. at night. And you're going, if I was at home under the covers in bed asleep right 
this minute. I'd get X number. I'm hours only getting sleep, yes. Yeah, that's it. And nobody understands that. So waiting for your wife at Walmart, you know, at nine thirty at night on a Wednesday. Uh, you know, when, uh, when she's having yeah. a bad case of ooh shiny, you know. <laughs> yes. Which is every trip to Walmart. I mean my wife reads the ingredients, Mark. She goes uh, down the aisle mm-hmm. and it's like reading the ingredients. And I'm like, you realize that's a shampoo bottle, right? Yeah. What are you actually looking for to see if they have, you know. What wisdom <laughs> are you hoping to glean from right. the fine print on the bottle of Prell? I mean, that's what's Don't the know. deal, you know. <laughs> There's something to it, man. What gets me is the zigzag. I, I the, We're talking about shopping habits here. It's like, okay, you know how the store is laid out. Of course, they change right. them from time to time, but you learn, you know, you know where the milk is here, the the chips are here, the bottled water is here, the you know that kind of you all the aisles, you know where they are. Why don't you say lay out your list in the order? Okay, go to the back of the store, work your way to the front, and you're done, right? And right. why don't you do that? No, oh, I need some of these. There's three aisles back that way. I need some of these. They're four aisles back over that way. I need some of these. This is why I won't go into the grocery section at Walmart with my wife. I just won't. <laughs> I'll, I'll say if they've got like a McDonald's or a Subway or something like that, I'll say, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Text me when you're done. Yeah. You text me when you're done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, you know, Mark, there are certain things you learn as a man. That yes. it, I think there ought to be a class, you know, for uh-huh. guys who are getting married and uh, especially if you if you wait a few years. And I guess I don't even know now. I mean, I know that when you and I were younger, getting married in your early 20s was kind of uh, I was a little young. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now that would be like marrying when you're 12, because, you know, 22 year olds are not like they were when no. we were 22. No. And they tend to start later now. But yeah. anyway, there are, we ought to have a class of, okay, there are, is this the hill you want to die on? That ought to be the answer. Okay. Or the, you know, here's the, here's the cheat sheet for life. This should, be you're part, going to argue about these things. This should be part of pastoral counseling for couples. Yeah. I mean, should pastor, be. pastors should be, okay. I'm just going to, this next session is just with your hubby. So next week yep. you come in and then you tell them all the things they need to know when this is right. what's going to happen. When you go shopping, if you don't like yep. holding the purse, tell her to leave it in the car and that you'll pay for everything. Cause you're going to hold her purse, you know? <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> it's, I, I remember a friend uh, that wanted me to marry them, you know, and uh, I, said, I would, I would love to, but you know, you realize we'll, we'll go through counseling. Uh-huh. I, don't, I can't marry anyone without going through counseling and nine times out of 10, I don't think you should get married. <laughs> I know. No, so yes. <laughs> I'm not the right guy. No. <laughs> Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, we, you and I, occasionally we'll get into a discussion about the lottery. And right. I, we don't need to do that next. We've done it recently. And, yeah. you know. Yeah. Every now and again, though, I do have that fantasy of driving and, you know, picking up the big ticket and all that. And oh, sure. Yeah. It just, rem- you know, but yeah. I it, don't. Just trust because- me. It's not your path to wealth. It's not. And so no, many people who, so, so many people who strike it rich on the lottery, not all of them because, don't, yeah. and don't send me stories. Well, this guy did it. Right. No, not all of them, but enough of them right. are, are absolutely back to, to stone cold poor within 10 years. You know, it's just, yeah. And, or worse or, or or sooner yes or or yeah. and worse off they just thought all that money meant yes. something different than it did 
Yeah. And they, they end up becoming enslaved to the money. And the next thing you know, when it runs yeah. out, guess what? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. But, but isn't it neat, you know, when you actually, when you realize, and I think it is a neat thing to realize that money is not, it's not a pathway to anything. No, it's just, no. you know, it, money's nice to have. And as long, but mm-hmm. if you're, if you're seeking happiness in it, you won't find it. Right. You'll find it in the things that actually have meaning. And yeah. most of us grow into that and know that. Yeah. And I just remember, you know, because you go through this as, as a young person when you're negotiating your, your deals. If I made, and I remember thinking this one time, if I just made $1,000 a week, I would never need anything, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And, you know, it, and it starts lower than that usually. But, you know, you, you end up living to your means kind of thing. But yeah, 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 bottom yeah. line. Is yeah. money is just a tool. It is. And it is. It is a tool. And there's a reason the word says that the, that the love of money is the root yeah. of all evil. Money isn't evil. You can use right. it as a tool for doing all manner of good. Ask Franklin Graham and other people like that who are using, mm-hmm. you know, your donations to, oh, yeah. to change the, the eternities of people around the world. It's the love of money. When you fall in love with it, oh, you become, you yeah. you begin worshiping money. Money's a lousy God. Oh. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Well, I I think that once you understand that, Mark, for real, once you do understand it, and I think um, it's a great thing to know because you really can, when you stop thinking about money as an end all be all, and you Mm -hmm. actually do realize what true happiness is, you know, it's more achievable and it's right here in front of you usually. Yep. So anyway, Maryland man's analysis. Right. Okay. Now, this, the reason I like this story is because this guy has studied the lottery for decades. Yeah. A Maryland man who chose his lottery numbers by analyzing 20 years of drawings says he used the digits for several years before scoring a $50,000 bonus match five jackpot. The 77-year-old wow. Baltimore man told Maryland lottery officials he analyzed 20 years of drawing results to come up with his set of lucky lottery numbers. Quote, I can remember numbers and number groups from some of the first bonus match five drawings you ever had. They just stuck in my head. That's what he told the lottery officials. The man used his set of numbers for multiple years, most recently to buy a ticket for the September 16th bonus match five drawing from Longgate Mobile in Baltimore. The player said he was watching TV when the winning numbers scrolled across the screen. He said, I recognized them right away. All five of them. The winner said he called the lottery winning uh, lottery's winning numbers phone line just to double check he said i've i've had four numbers match several times but to be truthful i never expected to get all five the ticket <laughs> earned the man a fifty thousand dollar jackpot he said he plans to put his winnings toward a new car um wow okay hmm. so he analyzes 20 years worth of drawings he's been he's been betting on the lottery he's been playing the lottery for decades and he's come yep. close a few times but he's never won right <laughs> he's used his same set of numbers for his multiple years yeah <laughs> and he finally wow. with the same set of numbers scores we've sadly had... though he added it all up and he made seventy six thousand dollars in losing lottery buys you know <laughs> over the 20 years yep liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know, we've had dog cat stories, a toddler left in a car. Mm-hmm. We've had 80-year-old men jumping out of a plane and things like that. <laughs> yeah. We've had a pretty full show, Mark, even the lottery. You know, we've had yeah. it all. Yep. So when I see a headline that says, Passenger says, man sneaked on to Delta flight. Yep. I'm wondering all of the things that went wrong for this to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Passengers said a Delta pilot told him he had to return to the gate 
because a passenger had managed to sneak onto the plane without a ticket. A passenger who didn't want to be identified said the plane was preparing to take off when the police and TSA agents came on board and removed the man. He said, I was like, Oh Lord, I hope there's not a bomb on the plane. When the aircraft got back to the gate, security quickly arrived and removed a man from the back of the plane. Travelers said the incident had to be scary for the other passengers. Uh, Adrienne Burbridge said, uh, I would be terrified almost. You, you don't know what that person's goal is. One passenger said the pilot announced everyone would have to get off the plane so it could be taken to a secure area to have it undergo a security sweep. Crews eventually wow. determined that was not necessary, and the plane took off. Delta said it wasn't commenting because why i wonder uh, but is cooperating yeah. with ongoing investigations and it apologized to customers for the brief delay atlanta police said records show get this atlanta police said records show no one was arrested the tsa said it had no record of the incident that's more troubling than uh-huh. any part of the story yeah it is that, that is that part, really troubling that's Mark. that's a bit scary now, here's a guy gets on a plane. He's this person. You know what you have to go through to get to the gate right. on a flight now. Yeah. It used to be you could go to the gate and greet your uh, family oh, member yeah. or friend coming. You can't do that anymore. The security is really strict. You've got to go through screening. You've got Barney Fife reaching for his bullet when you pass through the metal detectors. You got. I mean, everything. I mean, I have been patted down, almost strip searched. It's just, it's insane what you have to go through to get to your plane. And somebody waltzes through the whole system and gets on a plane without a ticket. How does that happen? Yeah. I don't know, but it's scary that Mm -hmm. there's no record of it. Uh That's again, you've got eyewitnesses. You got plenty of people saying this happened, but you've got no record. No one, no one was arrested, mm-hmm. and the TSA had no record of the incident. Mm-hmm. You know what, Mark? I think it's time to dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Here's the scab. Let's start picking. Come here, Hank. Start licking, boy. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show, and Mark, when <laughs> I saw this story, uh, mm. and you know, over the years, we've seen a number of things that you kind of go, really? There's there's a whole thing about this? And this is about a pair of Levi's mm-hmm. from the 1880s. We're talking about the pants, right? From right. the 1880s. Right. All right. Old mining, and, and there's a thing seat. called yeah. a denim archaeologist. Think about that for just a minute. Yes. Denim archaeologist. Uh-huh. And that's why this, I, that's what got my attention. <laughs> you know what this means? At some point in time, there's going to be a college level class for discoology from 1978 you know i bet there already is <laughs> i know i was just saying that i was thinking the same thing well a vintage pair of levi's from back in the 1880s found down an abandoned new mexico mine have been sold at auction for a whopping 87,400 dollars among the most expensive pair of jeans ever sold the pair of jeans, which were discovered some years ago by denim historian Michael Harris in an abandoned <laughs> mine shaft in the American West, I know, they've been described as the holy grail of vintage denim collecting and would have been worn by a miner from the authentic gold rush era. They feature suspender buttons on the waistbands, um, salvage uh, denim badges, a single back pocket, and wax flecked over the legs from where the original owner labored under candlelight. The wow. winning bid was placed by 23-year-old Kyle Hoppert, a vintage clothing dealer from San Diego, at the Durango Vintage Festivus 
in Colorado <gasps> on October 1st. Now, wait a minute. Mark. Festivus is December, not in October. What? Yeah. Anyway, he, he said, uh, I'm still kind of bewildered, just surprised in myself for even purchasing them. Wow. Did you know well, that, uh, that Levi Strauss um, actually produced the jeans? They weren't sold to individuals. They were sold to mining companies. They were yeah. basically the coveralls that the miners wore, and they belonged to the mining companies. The miners actually didn't own the jeans. They actually wore the jeans over their regular clothes to protect them. And still today, you will find where they would change clothes and such in mines down deep. You'll find blue jeans every now and then. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Fun fact. Things, I had no idea. Things you learn when you watch too much YouTube. <laughs> Where's Cliff Clavin these days? <laughs> Little known fact. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and Mark, when uh, the D.A.R.E. program, okay, uh, it, it, D.A.R.E. is something that is used in, uh, like, I guess, middle school, elementary school, high school, maybe with a kind of a, a bridge between law enforcement and young people about drugs, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So here's the story. It says, Texas woman wearing D.A.R.E. t-shirt busted for mm-hmm. dot 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 <laughs> so you know whatever's coming it's yes, gonna be yeah, what, not, what were you thinking uh, when it comes to police vehicle stops one there's always drugs or weapons in that crown royal bag they find they're always two there's always crack cocaine in the crazy glue container and three <laughs> if a suspect is wearing a dare t-shirt they're probably holding drugs <laughs> Wow. <laughs> With regard to number three, meet Michelle Okoa. The 35-year-old Texan was arrested recently after police pulled over a vehicle in which she was a passenger. When questioned by the cops, she openly stated that she had warrants in a neighboring county, according to a police report. A computer check confirmed that Okoa was wanted for failure to appear in court on a narcotics possession charge. A search of her bag turned up Xanax for which she did not have a prescription. Elsewhere in the vehicle, officers found cocaine, a scale, and several unused plastic baggies consistent with that of packaging narcotics prior to distribution. Another occupant of the vehicle reportedly told cops that Okoa had narcotics concealed on her person, but a search of Okoa found no contraband, they say. Okoa, photographed in her Dare Keeping Kids Off Drugs t-shirt, was subsequently booked into the Jim Wells County Jail on a narcotics possession charge. Wow. Just wow. You know, just wow. Yep. It makes me wonder, you know, when we watch the uh, uh, live PD and cops and how we've had that don't fund the police stuff, you know, and all Mm -hmm. that. And I thought, you know, one of the things that I learned in watching those shows was how many people with drugs act stupid you know yep when i didn't know i mean unless you're in that lifestyle you don't know how these things go down mm-hmm. but that's, that's what i really liked about live pd when they would somebody would be doing especially driving down the road or you know looking suspicious mm-hmm. driving in a way that draws attention to oneself they pull them over and it's like all of a sudden dude is dripping sweat <laughs> you know and <laughs> it's like yes. something bad's going on here you know uh-huh. yeah but then you get those people who's like, well, I didn't consent to search. Well, ma'am, you didn't have to. You had a joint in the ashtray, you know? Right, yeah. We don't, you know, we saw that. We don't need your consent now. Right. And you have people arguing with, oh, 
but wearing a dare shirt is not going to help you you know no no it's not what i love about it is the person she was with ratted her out (laughs) oh of course yeah yeah, she's got she's got stuff on her in other words look at her honor among thieves right (laughs) look at her not me LiferadioFM, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, a couple of minutes ago, we were talking about the uh, lady getting busted while wearing a dare, mm-hmm. uh, keeping our kids off drugs uh, t shirt. And Mark and I were talking in between, you know, all the music playing, just the whole con- buffet of cop related <laughs> things going on right now. Yeah. In certain areas, you have this defund the police movement. Mm-hmm. And in those areas, usually. You've got very liberal politicians in office, and usually you have a lot of community activists that have REV in front of their name, and many of these areas are, you know, they've already got crime problems, and it only gets worse when you start talking about defund the police. And I would say, I would say not usually, but always. Yeah. Well, you say usually just because, you know, Uh (laughs) anyway. I'm thinking those people, you know, got like Live PD when they when Live PD was pulled off the air. My first thought was, why are you taking away the one thing that is actually live watching police, you know, in their job? Mm-hmm. And even even though you're saying, well, they're going to act better on camera, fine, you know, they're acting better. You realize now most officers have body cam. Right. The minute they run the blue lights, cameras are on, you know, and. They're, these things are activated oftentimes without their ability to, to stop them. So there's camera uh, available. There's there's footage available of almost every interaction between people and police nowadays. And I think that's a good thing for everybody. But it just boggles my mind at how I see people on these shows, Mark, that argue with police and tell them, you're not touching me. Mm-hmm. You're not doing. It's yeah. like it never occurred to me to tell a police officer that, you know, yeah. You know, they pull you over and they say, you know, you're not going to, I'm not getting out of the car. I'm not doing, you know, you realize that there are certain things one has to do mm. and people just say, no, God, you need a supervisor. You need this. And I'm like, you're the idiot criminal. We just saw you, you know, <laughs> we just saw what you were doing. And now, you know, That's right. oh, yeah, my, really part, my partner my there is holding what you threw out of the window right before we stopped. Right. You. So we know we, yeah. <laughs> we have video of you doing all this stuff, right? It just uh, gets me, you know, that they does, think yeah. they being the perp and the disrespect and disregard. And, but it, oftentimes playing the race card, that also really bothers mm-hmm. me yeah. just because it's like, you know, <sighs> if you're living in fear of that, okay. And I, I'm sure some people really are because, you know, Mark, some people really believe what they are told by the leaders of their community. Uh, and and I understand that. I know. And they really do believe, even though you or I might look at it and go, that's not true that that's right. not right yeah you know there are millions of people that believe for example that there is man-made climate global change. warming yeah, climate change yeah but the reason i said global warming is because when that was proved to not exist they changed it to they being the same people who claimed man-made global warming changed it to man-made climate change because yeah. the climate changes and there are people who truly believe this mm-hmm. they believe what they're told yeah. with their heart and soul Yep. And they don't, you know, any kind of challenge to that is an affront to their consciousness. And they don't want you to do that. Right. So I get that. Yep. But do you really believe that every cop is out to get you? 
Really? Or are you breaking the law? You know? Yeah. I remember. Hey, so was on the phone again. He got arrested for uh, breaking into an ATM machine. You want to talk to him? Yeah, yeah. I'll talk to him. <laughs> Stop breaking the Stop law. Stop breaking the law. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show where the truth be told, when we were kids playing, you know, with the stick up, you know, you put your hand in the pocket, make you, you got your finger and yeah. it looks like a gun, right? Right, yeah. You realize that in real life, that if you walk into a bank and you have your finger in the pocket and pretend it's a gun, mm-hmm. that you can get in real trouble for the fake gun. <laughs> you really can. You really can. And hence this story. Armed only with a finger gun tucked under his shirt, a Florida man robbed a bank but was arrested within 10 minutes of pulling off the $120 heist. Ooh, $120. According to investigators, Paul James Sinclair, he's 56 and we have all three of his names, entered a Chase branch in Seminole around 1.25 p.m. Monday and approached teller Desiree uh, Stefanik whatever with his hand under his shirt <laughs> charge Sinclair made the shape of a gun with his finger and demanded that Stefanik hand over the cash Sinclair also advised wow. her not to push to any buttons as he waited for her to open her drawer after the bank mm-hmm. employee handed over $120 Sinclair fled the crime scene according to the criminal complaint wow. Sinclair who cops describe as a transient was arrested at 1:36 p.m. and charged wow. with robbery 11 minutes later <laughs> Wow. He's being held in the county jail in lieu of $10,000 bond on the felony count. Uh, the complaint notes that no weapons or digits were seized from Mr. Sinclair. <laughs> wow. You know, you got to wonder if he was, if his plan was, you know, he's a transient, he's hungry, three hots in a cot, yeah. 56 years old, why not, you yeah. know? Yeah, that does come you, to mind. <laughs> there was a time during the Great Depression uh, where a lot of people did this, you know, to go to jail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's when jails were like, no, we're not feeding you. I'm not yeah. doing this. Right. And because there's some people that they, they don't want to break the law. They don't want to hurt anybody. But you know, if you're threatening somebody, even if it's a, you're pretending you have a gun or whatever, the, the, the threat is very real to the individual you're robbing. So yeah, just think twice, you know, yeah. it's like, but good golly, miss Molly, mm-hmm. you know, well, I'm thinking, well, at least it was in Florida. And in Florida, yeah. they actually tossed him in jail. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if it had happened in, oh, I don't know, California, Los Angeles, he would have been yeah. back on the street an hour later and oh, yeah. going into another no bank. Bail. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Maybe he's from California. He moved there to get three hots in a cot. <laughs> you never know. He did. LifeRadio.fm. Mark and Mac show winding down. Uh, what is today, Mark? It is Thursday, the 13th day of October in the year of our Lord, okay. 2023, 22, 21. <laughs> Stop me. I'm counting, I'm counting down. Stop me. <laughs> My word. You know, you and I have laughed about this before, but yeah. uh, when, when the artist, uh, he's dead now, I, but he was Prince and mm-hmm. then yeah. you know, Prince Rogers Nilsson. Then he became symbol man, and then he went. I don't even know yeah. when he died. I don't even know what's on his tombstone. You know, I don't know. Right. Yeah. But anyway, when he did that song, nineteen, we're in a party like it's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, that was such a big deal. And when it came out, it seemed so far in the future. You remember that? Yes, I do remember that. And we, 
now here we are and it's 2022 i mean when we were little kids talking about this date would have been like wow mm. and so it's seven years after the hoverboard that marty saw in the future you know yeah yeah <sighs> well all right it kind of goes back now, to Mark, what you said before about all these movies in the the set in the future. They're not set far enough in the future because right. he, he, they're thinking, ah, we'll never get here. Well, guess what? Right. <laughs> here oh, we Demolition are. Man, if it had been if Demolition Man had been set a hundred years into the future, hit movie. Mm-hmm. And I liked that, by the way. Yeah. Still like that movie. All right. Yeah. Arizona cryonics now mm-hmm. when it says cryonics is that the same thing as chopping your head off when you die and freezing it yes exactly speaking okay. speaking of movies about the future yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh we were just talking about well, well demolition man hey right well he was frozen and, and thawed out remember yeah uh, so yep. well time and death are on pause for some people in scottsdale arizona inside tanks filled with liquid nitrogen are the bodies and heads of 199 humans who opted to be cryopreserved in hopes of being revived in the future when science has advanced beyond what it is capable of today many of the patients <clears throat> they're called patients mm-hmm. as alcor life ah. extension foundation calls them were terminally ill with cancer als or other diseases with no present day cure the minimum cost is $200,000 for a body, $80,000 for the brain alone. Most of Alcor's <laughs> almost 1,400 living members pay by making the company the beneficiary of life insurance policies equal to the cost. The guy who runs the place um, and his uh, his wife, uh, Natasha Vitamore, liken the process to taking a trip to the future quote the disease or injury cured or fixed and the person has a new body cloned or a whole body prosthetic or their body reanimated and can meet up with their friends again she's been reading way too much sci-fi many medical professionals disagree said arthur kaplan who heads the medical (laughs) ethics division at new york university's grossman school of medicine he says this notion of freezing ourselves into the future is pretty science fiction and it's naive the only group (laughs) getting excited about the possibility are people who specialize in studying the distant future or people who have a stake in wanting you to pay the money to do it what i was gonna say the only people who are really hip to this are the people selling the bag you know yep you're right the only difference between this and the bag is that the bag they're holding is not on fire yet you know (laughs) begin your day with a smile the mark and mac show weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm